Hi everybody and welcome to an episode of the Smashing Skull Sessions and a big shout out before we start to Rising Suns Brewery who are our main sponsors and craft some fantastic beers right here in Cork City. Okay guys, delighted to welcome a band who I've been following since maybe around 2016, 2017. Hailing from Belgium, I have Stefan who is guitarist and vocalist and probably frontman Stefan of Psychonaut. So yeah. Stefan, thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome, man. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate people who take the time out to come on here and especially when it's bands who I admire musically and bands who are doing so well. And it's, it's absolutely fantastic to see that happening, and especially for yourselves. 2022, Stefan, what a, what a year it's been like. You Absolutely. Know, yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah. Not, not to mind just releasing the album, but I mean, you've been touring pretty extensively through 22, have you? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's been really fun. We the the biggest tour we did was with uh, the Ocean and PG Lost uh, in June, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was a tour that had been post postponed like two or three times thanks to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So it was so fun to finally be able to hit the road, and it was our actually our first real proper tour. So okay. that was that was amazing. Yeah, so happy to to be able to do that. Jeez, what a tour to start with, though. PG Lost and the Ocean. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were kind of uh, laughing at us because they were like, oh, how is this your first tour? Our first <laughs> tour was so shitty. <laughs> so but you, we, also, you also played Don Stefan, in May, didn't yeah. you? Which yeah, I, yeah. I, I witnessed myself seeing you play, and you were one of the highlights of the weekend. Your, your, your set was fucking incredible. Awesome. And, the, and the energy, man, that came from me, and I suppose you fed off it. You saw that from the people watching. You were yeah, absolutely that was, that was really cool to to finally play Dunk Festival. Yeah, it was amazing. And again, you speak of bands there like PG Lost and, and the Ocean. You know, like are they bands that you would have? I won't say they influenced you, like but obviously you're keeping tabs on them because it's sort of within the genres that you're playing. Would they be bands that you've followed yourselves? Absolutely, yeah. I'm I'm a huge fan of the ocean. I've mm. I've been for like I think ten years or so. Uh, PG Lost, I got to know uh, a bit more recently, but I loved it straight away. I, mm. I remember watching like every YouTube video I could find of them and finding these insane shows they did in China on yeah, the, the biggest stage I'd ever seen. Basically, uh, yeah, amazing bands. Really honored to be uh, to have toured with them. Yeah. And isn't isn't that mad? Isn't it because we speak about this sort of poor scene being so so small in 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 a sense? But when you go to China, the following is is crazy over there, isn't it? They go mad for it. Yeah, apparently never been, you, but, but no, uh, there's the same pockets so. pockets all over the world. You know, small pockets of diehard fans of this post music scene. It's 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 a brilliant thing, brilliant thing. Yeah, it is. It's really something special. So come here, tell me, Stefan, your sound, right? I know you're influenced yourself, I think, by a lot of the 70s rock bands, the psychedelic, groovy sound of, you know, your name, Black Sabbath, Zeppelin, whoever else, Pink mm -hmm. Floyd, Pink Floyd, obviously. Um, who would be one of your favorite bands of that time and that generation? Who was your biggest inspiration yourself, personally? Definitely Led Zeppelin. Okay. Yeah, okay. That, was, that has been my obsession since I was, I think, 17, let's say, I had, I, I think I, I played guitar for like a year or so. And thanks to my dad, I got to mm -hmm. know them because I asked them if he knew any cool riffs I could learn <laughs> and just got obsessed with uh, with Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's the biggest reason I, I have my Les Paul. I just wanted Jimmy Page's guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy with it. Yeah. You do a credit. I mean, I give you that, Stefan. You do a credit. Cool, man. Come here and then again, I suppose you have modern bands then. I suppose you've got the likes of Tool, Amenra, your local Belgian band, who obviously have a big part in your song and style, do you think? 
absolutely yeah. yeah again would you be touring with them sometime oh i would love to yeah i i think it would be possible yeah yeah i, you think, never it's, know. I think it's very possible yeah very possible yeah. and again for myself like listening to your music you know and sort of following the tra trajectory of where you're going at the moment and especially with this latest album like you remind me of an early sort of baroness uh, an early mastodon dare dare i say it like you know your sound is is so i don't know so sharp so clean but yet heavy as heavy as hell like are those bands that would have inspired you yeah yeah absolutely yeah i'm a, a big mastodon fan too and and of course also bands like gojira uh -huh. uh, and tool and amen ra all those bands you mentioned yeah they yeah. It's a lot of it comes from the seventies, but those modern or or I guess more modern bands, more, yeah, 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 they're they're, they're I, I love them so much, and it's it's funny. It's I think it's the combination of those two extremes that kind of became our band sound, mm. I guess. Um, yeah, I love those two. And did you all follow the same taste of music, or was there a mixture there? Were you all back influenced by the seventies and by modern metal? Yeah, I I think. Um, for for myself that's always been the case our first mm. drummer peter was really big into the 70s as well yeah um but thomas uh, he he was always more of a grunge fan he's i think the biggest nirvana fan i know <laughs> and also even stuff like um yeah like blur and and uh, alice in chains he he really loves that stuff yeah, and yeah yeah i do too but but he, that's like his main uh influence i guess and harm is also like maybe a bit more into the softer rock he also really likes okay. nirvana um, and he also plays in a different band called Ikiga, and they also play this just really cool, energetic rock. He's a okay. bit more on the soft side of rock, let's say. Yeah. Uh, and I was always the the old guy in the band, <laughs> I guess. Uh, you can't be sure you're not calling yourself old, Stefan. Jesus. No, no, no. Let's not go there yet. <laughs> because if we, if you go there, I have to go there, and I, I, I think yeah. I'm a lot older than yourself at this stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come here I, again. We'll talk about violent consensus reality later on, like, but. When you look back at that album, no, it's only, Jesus, it's only October, I mean, that it was released. But it feels like it's been out for longer because it's gained so much traction and there's been so much interest in it and there's been so much talk about it. Would you classify that album as, are you happy to say that's Psych or not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was so difficult coming up with a sequel to our first album hmm. because, you know, we, we got this impression that's, that it was received so well. We yeah. barely read any negative comments about it. I'm sure there were plenty, but maybe we didn't find them. <laughs> um, but we were we were so nervous on, on you know, what's the next one going to be like? And yeah. I'm very, very happy that we were stubborn enough to kind of explore this bit more angry sound. Yeah. Um, yeah, and kind of give in to what we were actually feeling and not pretending to be happy all the time, okay. uh, which I sometimes kind of get from the first album. It's it's like very positive. Okay. Uh, and now it feels a lot more honest and a lot more personal. So both musically and conceptually, it's uh, it comes it really comes from the heart. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm very on, happy with it. Yeah, on, Unfold the God, man. So would you classify it as being a more positive album? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is more like this is more of a balanced record. This is like, I think conceptually, it's like a contradiction uh, all of the time. I think mm -hmm. we have four songs that are more positive based and four songs that are okay. super angry. And that kind of represents how we were feeling during the writing process. Of course, we're writing the most part during the pandemic, which yeah. was like a wave of emotions and 
you know, fear and anger and then just yeah. finally getting back into spirituality. So finding our center again, but then becoming angry again at, you know, the, the things you see in the media and, and all kinds of corruption stories we hear. Mm. So mm. all of those things really got in there while Unfold the Godman was was almost like a lesson we were trying to teach people. Okay. Um, instead of being like a release of our emotions. That's what this new album really is, uh, I think. Yeah, so again, Unfold the Godman. For anyone who doesn't know the album, keep an eye out on this cover if you see it around. I think this is a fantastic album. And again, they got the pelagic, pelagic work of art, you know, which makes yep. all that extra special. Um, we talk about pelagic in a minute as well. That album, like that came out only October, as I said, in 22. How long were you sitting on it? How long were you sort of saying to yourself, we have this ready, it's ready to go? I think we sent in the master tracks uh, at the start of February. So, okay. yeah, good eight or nine Jeez, months, yeah. I think, yeah, of uh, patiently waiting. Of course, we released the first single mm. uh, right at the start of the summer, I think. That's right. But, yeah, it, it was a long time. <laughs> it was and frustrating. A, a, a great choice of um, track to release, actually, as a single. Because, you. you know, you've got a guest uh, artist appearing on it, which gives it another dimension, another dynamic, you know, and definitely draws in possibly another crowd, another, um, you know, people who wouldn't have heard of Psychonaut before. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it was, was it, it just was Yeah, fuck, a little bit. I mean, yeah, you have to yeah. be honest about that, of course. Yeah. Uh, but to us, that is the, the best track on the album. It maybe not our, uh, it's not maybe our favorite song uh-huh. of all the three of us, but we, we all agree, I think, that that is like objectively the best composition, maybe, especially with, of course, Stephanie and Colin's contributions. Exactly. Um, super proud of it. So it had to be a single. And of course, it was the title track. It represents mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, it ticked a lot of boxes. It, t- it ticked a lot of boxes, Stephanie. And it is, yeah. it probably still is for me. One of the strongest and my favorite tracks on the album too. And that's yep. saying something because there's not a weak track in this album. Like it's bangers from start to finish, you know, it's crazy altogether. Thank you. If you just go back to sorts of the days of 2014, 24 trips around the sun. Again, I, I, I do my homework there last week on that because I wouldn't really? have, I wouldn't <laughs> have been into musically at that stage. I, as I said, it was nearly 2017, 18 before I actually got into Psychonaut, but how do you look back at that EP? Yeah, it's it's funny. It seems so long ago. And at the same time, I can recall it like it was yesterday, just being yeah. in that tiny studio, uh, recording four tracks that we had wrote in like a year or so. I I mean, yeah, it's, it's almost cute because we still have a making of uh, a little documentary uh, about that EP. And I, I think I rewatched it this summer. Okay. Uh, and yeah, it's it's really fun to see. It's the start of something, uh-huh. something big. I think you can kind of hear. Uh, you can definitely hear a lot more of those seventies influences. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot less uh, angry. The the tuning, mm-hmm. especially, is also a, a lot uh, higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're going very low uh, on these new uh, albums. Yeah. But it's it's fun to look back onto. Yeah. It's it's a part of of growing up. It was our first real tiny concept album we ever wrote it was the mm-hmm. start of this whole search for spirituality and uh, i don't know exploring consciousness and all that so it's yeah. it's really the start of a journey that's that's been amazing but you can look back fondly on it so you know it's not some people will look back in their first albums and try and dismiss them as you know we weren't prepared we were raw we were we've developed and we've changed but you can actually look back and say we yeah very I, proud mean, of that. I can think of 50 things we could have done better <laughs> if I, would, I think yeah, about it yeah. now. Uh, but it is perfect like it is to me. It it really sounds like mm-hmm. how we wanted to sound back then. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 
happy with it. It's just in the in the zeitgeist. It's uh, it fits. It does indeed. It does absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then I suppose in twenty eighteen, then unfold Godman. The writing process for that, then Stefan, briefly tell me, was it was it tough? Was it hard work? Or again, had you the ideas already simmering away in the background? It was definitely. I mean, it was a huge project to start on. Because we at the, at uh, I think at the time when we we had the idea for our first full album conceptually, um, we had not yet released our second EP yet. Okay. So we had like I think we had four or five songs, um, new songs that we were playing live, and then this idea came for a full album, and it had to be a concept album, and we had a, this completely worked out idea for it, but the new songs we had mm. didn't really fit. So that's why we decided to first do that second EP. But okay. the idea for the album was already in the back of our heads. Okay. And yeah, just kind of getting that stuff out of our head onto um, or into something musical was was really hard because mm. it, it was a 70 minute album, basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had so much to say. I wanted to say so much <laughs> and I had to choose chapters conceptually. And I knew I wanted really emotional music but i also wanted to show that we could play our instruments pretty well yeah. so it had to be advanced music so to speak uh-huh. yeah and yeah that was crazy it took us three years to to write and uh, and record that album so wow that yeah, was that, quite yeah, that, that's a long time stefan isn't it it's a long time in music like to be, yeah to it be, seems to, to be, be our standard one now, place, but, yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so you're telling me it's 2025 before we hear something new is it I'm afraid so. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be <laughs> fair enough. Uh, we, can we, we, we can wait. But by the way, that EP yeah. that we're talking about, Ferocious Fellowman, that we I, I should have actually spoke about that before I jumped on to Unfold the Godman. That so is in a way part of Unfold the Godman because that music was all around the same time and there was a couple of tracks that she pulled from one from the other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. We okay. we liked the song. They sounded great live. We were getting a lot of good feedback from people, but uh, it didn't feel right for the full album. We wanted to start fresh for that. So that's okay. when we decided to first do the EP. Yeah. All right. And okay. I think you can kind of hear it because we, we also decided to record that EP live in the studio for the most part, which is uh, the only time we've ever done that. Okay. And that was also because we simply loved playing those songs live. So try to capture that feeling. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like there's, there's still great tracks to hear life they still sound well they still sound vibrant full of life you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's great to see that fans can look back on their previous three four five albums and bring them to a live you know some bands can tend to sort of dismiss older material and only concentrate on news which is something mm-hmm. you don't do which i love i love to see yeah i mean it's not like i, I don't i think the chances of us playing some of those songs now are very small maybe mm-hmm. one day Mm-hmm. But I don't dislike them. It's it's okay. just a chapter. It's good. We're proud of it. And now we do what we do now. <laughs> okay. Can I talk about the band name, Stefan? Psychonaut, for anyone who's interested in this, because as I mentioned, just off here too, like from my, my research, Psychonaut is a way of exploring the mind. And I know yourselves as a band and as a, as a, as a group of lads, like you're deep in spirituality and philosophy, religion. It, it interests you. It's a big part of what you are and who you are. Would I be right in saying yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's what's yeah. at the foundation of uh, of all our music. Yeah. Are you all in the same boat in that respect? All three members of the band, do you all f- follow the same beliefs, same ideas? Mm, I, I think to some extent we do. 
I mm. think the biggest thing we we believe in is uh, human kindness. Okay. Uh, I think we all agree that the the negative image that we sometimes have about humanity is a uh, is not one that is serving us very well. I mm -hmm. get where it comes from. Obviously, I, I have it too. Um, but we do agree that in in you know to put it in a cheesy way that God lives through humans. If there is such a thing as a mm -hmm. God, then mm -hmm. it is human kindness to us. Thomas, our bass player, was raised Catholic, and and so was I. But um, it, I, I didn't really feel it very much. He felt okay. it a bit more, and and he was, uh, he, I think, he still considers himself maybe to be um, Christian or Catholic. Mm -hmm. um, I was a, a bit more drawn to Buddhism and okay. to, yeah, even some really vague New Age stuff for a certain period. Okay. Um, and harm, of course, yeah. He he recently joined the band. He he uh, didn't write on uh, on that album. That's right. So at the time it was Peter and Peter. He he was also a bit more uh, catching my drift. I guess he was also yeah. a, uh, heavy into meditation and Buddhism and uh, also Taoism and just reading a lot of different books from different points of view and different religions. And so there's an overlap, but it it kind of comes from a different uh, source. Okay. Okay. Put it that way. Yeah. yeah. And again, just based discussing briefly about your spirituality and that side of your that side of things. The period of COVID, those two and a half years, they must have been tough for. They were tough for everybody, obviously. But somebody who believes in something so strongly like yourself, did you find it very tough? COVID. Absolutely. Um, I, I hated it. Yeah, of mm. course. Um, I wouldn't say I had it worse than anyone else, of course, but. Um, I guess what I what I disliked about it most is when it kind of started to pass when when the world was like on hold for four or five months uh, in in 2020. Mm -hmm. I was really hoping that this was like the start of something huge, something new, something positive that could come from this, because yeah. the world felt like it had been reset, and mm -hmm. it was like, wow, now we can do anything. This is kind of what we needed, maybe in a way. And then I was a little disappointed to find out that it, it didn't really go the way I thought it would go. And I know I, I guess we're back to business as usual uh, for the most part. But I did try yeah. to make the best of it, of course. Um, I struggled a lot with with uh, being alone and missing my friends and family. Yeah. Um, just the, because we, we hug a lot. We, you know, we're, we're big softies, you know, <laughs> we need each other. We need to touch each other. Um, so... That was really rough, but I tried to just um, get through it. And eventually, I think the time, all the free time we had actually helped us in the long run because I got back into meditation. Uh, I think I, I was kind of back into my mind for uh, yeah. for the past few months. And that the free time really helped me get back into it. Uh, I also got into reading a lot of really cool things. I tried mm -hmm. the Wim Hof method uh, in, the, in the pandemic, the, okay. the ice cold showers and the breathing yeah, exercises. Yeah really really amazing so eventually i think it, it made me better but but it definitely was was rough okay okay but well, you tried to make something positive out of it so yourself personally you know you you took on all these ideas this meditation and everything else did that mm -hmm. reflect in your songwriting and your lyrics sure. approaching this new album yeah 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 sure i think that's that's the the first track uh, storm approaching is mm -hmm. kind of what i felt um was happening before the pandemic, like something really bad is coming. And of course, mainly related to, like, let's say, climate change and increasing amount of corruption. And I was like, fuck, the world is about to fall apart. And then yeah. the pandemic hit. And then 
I thought, whoa, maybe this is it, but it's not what I thought it would be, but it might lead somewhere good, but it didn't happen. Um, mm -hmm. So then when I was in that whole meditative state, I guess, or that period where, where I was meditating more often, that's when tracks like Hope or Interbeing yeah. and Towards the Edge came out. Those were the really positive songs. And I was when I was feeling angry at the world, I wrote All Your Gods Have Gone and, um, you know, A Pacifist Guide to Violence, all those mm -hmm. really brutal, heavy tracks. That's when yeah. uh, when those yeah. came out. So it okay. really reflects how we how we lived through that. Yeah. And, and like you said, the fucking horror of it all is it's business as usual. And you use those words yourself, which is it is. Yeah, it's it's sad to see, like, you know. Those in power are still in power. Those that are corrupt just continue doing what they were doing. You know, there's yeah, it's you know, unfortunate they, that they the bad guys like often just, win. Yeah, they do, they do, yeah, yeah. 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 We can't change the world, Stefan, unfortunately. Not not so not as quickly not as we might want to. No, Let's not individually, that. anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. While we're touching on the album Violet Consensus Reality, I want to play a track for everybody here. I've decided on the opening track, which is a storm approaching, guys. If anyone hasn't heard this album yet, um, I have it here just to show you guys again we talk about the artwork maybe in a minute Stefan. I, I love the artwork as well but here you go lads this is the first track a storm approaching see what you think of this
So there you have it, guys. What a fucking track, lads. What an opener to an absolutely amazing album. That is A Storm Approaching from Violet Consensus Reality, which only came out in October of 22. So if you haven't heard the lads, get onto Bandcamp straight away and uh, check it out. And while you're there, check out their previous albums, their back catalog as well. Incredible music. Right, Stefan, can we talk about the concept behind Violet Consensus Reality? The title, I suppose, to begin with. Sure. Um, it's a title, if I remember correctly, that um, came from a book um, by, I think it was Charles Eisenstein. Um, I read a lot of books when writing, when I, um, but I think it was that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess consensus reality, you could look as, at, as a lot of different things. But to me, it's the collection of agreements, rules, mythologies we have about what it means to be human, to be alive, to be conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, to be alive in comparison to being dead or to be good in comparison to being bad, all those ideas we have. Um, and I guess it's it's a sequel to our first album, of course, to Unfold the Godman, where we kind of explored what our potential might be as individuals. Yeah. Were we to get back into contact with a higher version of ourselves or, or this higher self that, that we believe does mm-hmm. exist mm-hmm. um and it this album kind of explores what a potential world could look like if we had that different vision of humanity yeah because i think the the narrative we we have now is that we or at least a lot of people have is that we are kind of selfish and primitive and violent beings but because we have a system that kind of um protects us from that nature like we we have rules and and laws and all those those things and societies um, and people in charge, that side, that bad side of our nature kind of gets, you know, it, it's, it gets buried. But if it were not for a society, then we would all be selfish beings and just kill each other and eat and rape each other. Um, so we should be thankful for society for keeping us in line, so to speak. Yeah. And the whole notion of that is just, we flip that because there is a different book which is called Humankind by uh, Rutger Bregman, a Dutch author. Mm-hmm. He kind of makes that point and he does it really well. He says that it may actually be the other way around and that maybe our nature is fundamentally good, but it's actually our contemporary society that brings on, that brings out this really bad side of us okay. that kind of teaches selfishness and competitiveness and you know protectionism and escapism because it's it feels like we're all in, in this race, in this competition for for resources, um, mm-hmm. because it feels like there's not enough for everyone to go around. I guess that's also an idea we have. Okay. So we should kind of make sure that we earn our place here. And because, you know, we don't want to be one of those people who who misses the boat. So work hard, fight, and yeah. make sure you come out on top. All those ideas, you know, it's. Um, I think it's a bit outdated. And I do want to say that I'm really happy to be alive in this time, because I think we should be grateful for being in, in, in 2023 now. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best times ever, I think, to be alive as a human being. I certainly wouldn't want to be alive in the in the Middle Ages or something like that. I no. think life was way worse then. So life, maybe life I shouldn't harder, complain. Yeah. yeah. But deep down, I think I feel and I think a lot of people feel that humanity and life and consciousness are way more than we make it out to be. So yeah. what we're trying to do is... Um, incentivize people to question at least the narrative not necessarily go against it because you should do whatever you want 
Yeah. Um, but at least don't just blindly assume those things you have been taught and that are that seem so obvious um, and that people kind of laugh at you if you disagree with them. Just mm -hmm. remember to keep your mind open and to dare to have your own you know, vision about that. Yeah, I, I think there, there is a shift in people's way of thinking, I think, over the last few decades, because even even here in Ireland, we be a very, very, very Catholic country, you know, mm -hmm. the church was was to be all end all, you know, the priest who called to your door was was God himself, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, but things have changed over the last 20, 30 years, you know, people are, are finally making up their own minds and not following what their parents did, what generations before have done. Exactly. Seem yeah. to be thinking for themselves for a change, which is a good thing. Maybe mm -hmm. not for the Catholic Church here in Ireland because they're struggling to to keep people, you know. But again, we have to move forward, and sure. people have to yeah. think for themselves for that to happen. Yeah, I agree. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's my little spark there. Tell me <laughs> who who did the writing and who did the, the lyrical writing on this album? Uh, mostly me. Yeah. Um, okay. I think since Unfold the Godman, I wrote most of the music uh, in the past. One second. In the past, uh, Thomas he uh, he wrote a few songs on um, on the first two EPs. Mm -hmm. but ever since Unfold the Godman, I've been writing the most of it, uh, including the lyrics. Yeah, oh, busy man. But I do I do get a lot of feedback from from them. Yeah. Um, you know, I always send demos and and just ask them, what do you think of this? Is this mm -hmm. maybe too long? Uh, I think this riff is kind of boring, but I really like this one. And so I get a lot of feedback from them, which I really need. Okay. That's definitely true. But you work pretty close so together, even though you are the main writer, uh, but you still get a lot of feedback from the guys. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. And I mean, you're together for a long time anyway, as as friends, I'm assuming, you, you go back right from the start. I know there's a drummer change. Yeah. But other than that? Yeah. Would you, I've, I've, uh, would you be close friends? I, like? Yeah, 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 exactly. We've known each other for, I want to say, a good 12 years now i think yeah. okay okay so uh yeah we we've been through a lot together it's uh you know we were thomas was 19 and i was 22 and yeah so 12 years later it's it it was an interesting thing to see each other change into semi-adults let's say <laughs> and to kind of <laughs> uh get a job and uh you know yeah. get a house and all that stuff it's been face reality Stefan. yeah it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a horror isn't it <laughs> yeah it is what it is <laughs> but again you touched on something very interesting there now as well because trying to trying to keep a healthy balance between home and, and work life and obviously the band and the music are you able to do it are you happy to do it or is there sure. pressure in it i mean it it can be exhausting because we all have full-time jobs and I think we are kind of approaching that point where it is becoming, I wouldn't say impossible, but it's becoming increasingly more difficult to, to do those two, those two things without yeah. um, kind of sacrificing one for the other. Um, because uh, so I'm a teacher. So and luckily I have a lot of, uh, a lot of time off, mm -hmm. um, but still it's a job that requires a lot of energy. And sometimes if we have three shows in a weekend, then I don't really have any time to relax for a while. And on Monday morning, I just have to be there and be energetic and enthusiastic. And it's not their fault that I'm uh, playing shows every weekend, right? They deserve someone who is, uh, who's happy and, and is so really into it. You can't just so, tell them lads, keep quiet, open your books. Don't annoy me. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, no chance. But like you said, you're you're a teacher yourself. What what do you teach? Do you mind me asking before we go on? I teach French and English. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And which you find easier, French or English? Which is easier to to teach? We'll say first and foremost. Uh, French is easier to teach, but English is uh, sometimes more fun because the, the the overall level of students of English is higher. So mm -hmm. you can have actual conversations with them about things you find interesting. And in okay. French, it's you know it's it's more focusing on grammar and kind of yeah. you know studying vocabulary because they don't really know much of it yet. So it's hard to to talk in that language uh, at the start. Yeah. And actually, again, was there ever a decision to? To write your lyrics in English is that always going to be the case. Were you always going to sing in English? That was never questioned, yeah. was it? I kind of thought about doing one or two songs in French once, but I, I, I don't want to generalize. But I, I think English just sounds better um, mm -hmm. when it is sang than than French. Okay. I don't know why it's a personal thing, maybe. Okay. So yeah, we'll stick with English. The Belgian post metal scene I want to talk about as well, Stefan, because. Actually, sorry, we're not even finished talking about the album. We've only covered the title. I wanted to ask about <laughs> the um, the album cover and the artwork and where it oh, came yeah. from. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a picture that was taken in the at the studio, which is yeah. funny because it was the same studio where we recorded "Unfold the Godman," mm -hmm. and the cover of that album was also a picture taken at that studio. So All right. it's uh, twice that we did the same thing. This picture okay. was a bit easier to take because it's, of course, just a, a human being. Mm -hmm. um, but it's our uh, our roadie, actually. He's called Frankie. Okay. Um, and we were looking for a universal human head. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and we thought, here's here's one. <laughs> uh, and we asked him, and and he, I think when when we were taking the picture, he thought we were just like experimenting a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't realize it would actually, uh, it might become the cover, but it did, yeah. And he's okay to be used as an experimental head, is he? He's no issues sure. with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was okay with that. And and he's, yeah, he, he it's, it's in a way, it's, it's kind of a tribute to him because he's been exactly. with us since, exactly. since the first year. And, and, you know, he's our roadies, our driver, our, he, he kind of was our manager at one point. Uh, he's, um, a big, he's a big part of the band, so Stefan, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think he has missed uh, five shows since we've known him. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, he That's always great. comes. Brilliant. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, and, and the, the visual effect on the on the cover is also completely analog. We bought, or or I should say our designer, Sam, uh -huh. he, he bought this really cheap uh, prism keychains, and right. he just held them in front of the lens and kind of worked with the sunlight and, and the okay. clouds above him and took this picture. And of course the colors were, were uh, maybe um, upgraded a little bit in Photoshop, but the picture is just one hole. And I think Brilliant. that's, that's uh, really cool. Yeah. And it's kind of supposed to um, display this, this different vision of humanity, this kind of mind opening um, to realize its full potential, I guess. Great. I'm glad I asked that question because I was, I was wondered, and I like to find out the ideas and the concepts behind artwork because it's such a big part of an album, Stefan, isn't it? Getting the artwork right. Yeah, 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 definitely. It has to represent the, yeah. the album visually, right? It does. I think so. Yeah. Tell me, decision to go with Pelagic Records. How did that come about? Because, I mean, it's a great fucking move for both of you, for Pelagic and yourselves. You know, I think it was a win-win. But how did it come about? Yeah, it's a really cool combination. Um, it happened in, um, let's say, the start of 
no, the end of 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, so we released Unfold the Godman on our own in September 2018. And we played a year of shows with that. And for some reason, we got onto some really cool Belgian festivals too. Mm -hmm. So we had a really good year. And at the end of the year, we we kind of, you know, we, we lost a bit of momentum, I guess. Yeah. Uh, after those really cool festival shows, we were back to playing smaller clubs for 30 people, 50 people. And that was that was a bit rough, mm -hmm. um, I guess, maybe for our ego, too. Um, <laughs> and also, we were running out of vinyl. So and, and we were broke. We didn't have any money. Uh, so it, it was really a win win thing when it was actually our merch guy. Didier, right. uh, he he was the one who told us maybe you should reach out to to a label and I would suggest Pelagic mm -hmm. to see if they're up for a, a distribution deal maybe or or maybe some kind of collaboration and we were kind of laughing at him like yeah sure sure dude yeah like that's ever gonna happen but he was like no 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 you should do it and he contacted them himself okay uh, I guess we didn't really believe in ourselves enough yeah yeah and very surprisingly. After a few weeks, we got an email from Robin, the label manager and guitarist from uh, from the Ocean, and he really loved the album and he wanted to just re-release it properly. And we, yeah, we had a deal for right. multiple albums, so it's it's amazing. Oh, it's it was it was one of our favorite labels ever, and mm -hmm. obviously, as a big time Ocean fan, it was it was an honor and super happy with that. Yeah. Jesus, a match made in heaven, so stuff. And if if your love for Pelagic is that strong, you know, definitely it was, it was meant to be. That's absolutely meant to be. Like, mm. yeah, and and they're great to work for. Obviously, I work with. Sorry, work for, work with. Yeah, 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 yeah. A bit of both. And, <laughs> and any pressure from them to get uh, to get music out? No, no. I think that's good. that's actually a really good thing about them. Yeah. Do they know? It, do they know they have to wait three years, Stefan? No, I, I remember. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, <laughs> let's see. But I remember we got a we got an email with uh with with my other band Hippo Tractor. We got an yeah. email in January, uh, for, from Robin asking, "Are you guys gonna release an album this year?" And we just said no, and he was like, "Okay, <laughs> just checking, Brilliant. just checking, yeah, <laughs> just in case we need to get something ready." Yeah, that's it. So it, it, it wasn't uh, he wasn't pressuring us or anything. No, I think he, since he's a musician and a songwriter himself, but look, he, he knows, of all people exactly. uh, understands what it's like. Yeah, and that's another great angle to Plagic because these guys are musicians and they're involved and they know what's what's involved in creating yeah. music. It's not just a case of fucking throw it down anything and have it out there within a six month period. That's not the way it goes. No. Unfortunately no. not. No. Now, Stefan, tell me again, we, we talked briefly about the Belgian post-music scene or even metal scene, whichever way you want to approach it. Mm -hmm. I was just scribbling band names earlier there just while I was waiting for you to come on. And I mean, Emenra, who we spoke of, we've asked to dance, Slow Crush, Celestial Wolf stories from the last Brutus, Bars, Terraforma, Juanita, Brickville. And these were bands that just came to my head this evening sitting here. The scene must be thriving at the moment is it in belgium or is it specific it is. to certain cities i'm i think i think it's pretty much all over the country i i know that in uh or, or at least for a while this one province in belgium more to the west was was very active in the post-metal scene that's where amenra mm -hmm. um originates from and of course also bands like steak number eight uh, okay. they're all from uh, and 
I want to say Brutus too. I'm actually not sure, but yeah. anyway, it, it was. It seemed to be like one location for a while, but it, now it just has spread all throughout the country, basically. And of course, in in our hometown in Mechelen, we also have bands like Potamus That's right. uh, or Lich or, or just amazing bands. Um, so it's it's coming from everywhere now. Yeah, yeah, and again, you you've another fresh new bands coming through. That it's not just the same bands holding the title for, for 10 or 15 years. I mean, even, was it Hurricane? Hurricane, how you pronounce yeah. it? Yeah, another yeah, Another fantastic yeah. band, full of fucking energy. And, it, you know, bringing another different dynamic to it because it is a little different, again, to what's already been out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so look, a very healthy scene, so in Belgium. Absolutely, yeah. Proud so, to be a part of it. Does, does that translate to shows, to attendances? Sure, yeah. I mean, of course, there was that whole post-COVID um, and mm -hmm. high energy prices and inflation period. Yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. for a while, it was kind of, um, you know, shows weren't selling really well, but now it seems to have passed and it's amazing. Yeah, there are so many shows and a lot of really cool collaborations between bands as well. Uh, yeah. Bands booking shows together, just, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's very, very much alive. It's great to hear, isn't it? And yeah. I, I suppose, there's a lot of bands travel through Belgium as well, I suppose, when they're on European tours, which is great too. Like, I mean, you get the smaller yeah. bands, the opportunity to latch onto these bands. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah. It's a and, win -win. We also... and again, it's a win-win, like, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And and yeah. a lot of clubs here in Belgium do uh, after shows as well. So you have a big band that is coming, uh, an international band, and then the okay. venue itself uh, asks a local band to play after their show on a smaller stage, let's, let's say. All right. Um, which is also a great way of, of getting uh, getting them, you know, in the spotlight. Fantastic so, idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very much supported the the whole alternative music scene in general, I think, in the country. That's a great idea, actually. I have never heard of that here in Ireland anyway, that that idea of bands coming on afterwards like that. And yeah. Great idea. Can I talk about your vocals, Stefan? Because they're so dynamic. They go from heavy to soft, very melodic gnarly and, and vicious at times as well and i know it is not just you obviously it's who does the vocals with you thomas thomas that's right yeah. yeah are you the main man does he fall in and do the harmonies does he do any parts on his own i write most of the vocal lines yeah. but i think i i haven't really calculated the the percentage but i think we pretty much sing 50 50 okay um you know we've been singing together for 10 years we kind of know what works best with uh, with my voice and what yeah. works best with his voice uh he's really the king of like really high uh grungy distorted vocals but still okay. sounding like semi-clean let's say yeah and i think i'm better at of course screaming and and kind of singing a bit more in the lower register mm -hmm. uh, maybe a bit more um yeah like a bit more narrative vocals yeah. or something like that and the combination, yeah, the, the harmonies, that's that's really become uh, a big part of our sound. It is yeah. a huge part of your sound, actually. And that's, yeah. again, it's another layer to your music that really attracts me to, to your sound is mm -hmm. the harmonies, you know, and the fact that they can go from high to low. And mm -hmm. it, it's fantastic. Was there always going to be vocals in your music? It was never going to be an instrumental band? Yeah, yeah. We always wanted, uh, we wanted vocals because we, we kind of, uh, drifted from a previous band into this one and it was it was yeah. all three of us so myself Thomas and Peter um so we and we, we in that previous band we had a fourth member he was a singer and at that okay. point Thomas and I we didn't sing yet 
but there were some problems and our singer often couldn't make it to rehearsals. So Thomas and myself, we kind of just started singing out of boredom because it, it's, it just became boring to rehearse without vocals all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. And yeah, you know, kind of accidentally discovered that there were, uh, there were a lot of things we could not sing, but there were a, a few <laughs> things we could do. And we just picked those parts out and developed those. And that's when we decided to start a new project and just sing with the two of us. Okay. So it's a happy accident, I guess, because our singer uh, couldn't show up. There you go. <laughs> what stage does the vocals come into the recording and the mixing? Um, mostly it's the it's the last thing we do, I'd okay. say. Yeah. Also, also, when writing, most of the time, that's the last thing we do. Yeah. But you'd have the lyrics written possibly already because you probably have a concept to the album. Yeah, we we don't. Um, I think for Unfold the Godman, it was very very much decided before we. I started writing a song that I mm-hmm. knew exactly which chapter of the story they should they should tell. Yeah, this new album it was a bit less defined, and I think I just had this this overall feeling that it needed to have, but not necessarily this this chapter or something specific needed to say yeah um so what i usually do is just uh sing random words first to make sure that my vocal melody works okay uh, including harmonies everything i want and then kind of think about how uh how i can make this sound like a story and also of course count the syllables of my uh of my rhythmic pattern and make mm-hmm. sure that the words i have uh, they make sense and they sound right so it's it's this whole puzzle that we kind of do last yeah, when we yeah. write something. Yeah. Actually, do you find it difficult to sing and play guitar together at the same time? It depends. Uh, I like to think that I have gotten better at estimating how difficult something is to do at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I write a new album and I make the same fucking mistake again. And then Brilliant. I have to play something ridiculous on the guitar, which I can play, but <laughs> and I also have to sing something that is completely different and and yeah sometimes it's it's rough yeah i i always wonder like as a guitarist and vocalist do you find yourself singing in harmony with the riff you're playing sometimes yeah does that sometimes tend to that happen helps. whether you want to or not does yeah, it go yeah, that yeah. Way? yeah yeah it does yeah brilliant, brilliant. it can be challenging yeah the, there's <laughs> this one song uh, a pacifist's guide to violence from the new yeah. album that is really borderline impossible and <laughs> I'm, I'm trying but <laughs> we'll see the next time I see so I'll be screaming for that track from below yeah yeah, yeah. To play that. tell me look <laughs> as a three piece Stefan and again like technically you sound fantastic you're heavy when you need to be heavy do you ever consider a fourth man joining the band was it ever thought is it something that you could look down the line I don't know it, it's anything's possible but I don't think it will be necessary for now yeah. I think we have plenty of things to do that we haven't done before mm-hmm. um you know there's always the whole idea that an album is different than a live show and all, yeah. our albums are always layered in, in i mean excessively layered yeah um, but they're not necessary to appreciate the song the song always has to work without those things so maybe at one point it would be cool to do something special maybe do a few shows with some extra musicians where we could actually have those layers live as well Okay. I don't okay. really like backing tracks uh, that much. Yeah. So maybe for a few shows, I would I would love to try that one day. But maybe some guest, guest appearances. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Something like that. Yeah. But I suppose like the technology is there now for three play for three to play as heavy as you want. I mean, there's pedals 
Yeah. That can fucking do everything. Like, you know, it's amazing. Exactly. Something that can be created now, can be generated. Yeah. And we have a great sound guy. So people yeah. always uh, think we have 10 people on the stage because of him. So shout out to him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Come here, Tammy. What's the plans for this year? So, um, Stefan, 2023. Obviously, you've more or less told us there's not going to be an album. So. No, <laughs> so, no, no. Album. So what's the um, what's the plan going forward? Um, is it touring? Is is that mainly what you're hoping to do? Yeah, I think so. We want to play as many shows as we can. We definitely want to do some tours. Um, probably starting with uh, with some more European tours. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are working on a couple, but can't really uh, say anything about them yet. But some things are in the works let's say okay yeah okay. we uh, and we're playing some really cool festivals again and a lot more uh, shows coming in so yeah just mainly be on the road play shows that's great have fun enjoy see the world and it's great to hear festivals are contacting you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. definitely it's it's a great acknowledgement of a band and how far they've come and what they've achieved to see festivals coming after them as opposed to them chasing them the festivals yeah, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah, great stuff. You're in a, you're in a good place so for 2023, yeah, Stefan, yeah. I think so, yeah. I'm uh, very, very happy and, and kind of, uh, <laughs> I don't really understand it uh, or it's not really sinking in sometimes, but yeah, extremely thankful for, for everything. It has moved pretty fast, I suppose, when you consider where you were four or five years ago to where you are yeah. now after this. Like this album has seriously catapulted you into the into the big poor scene. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're talked about it highly from everybody that I've ever spoken to you know you're as I mentioned to other bands I've speak to you're on every list album of the year list that I've come across this year which is our last year sorry which is it's testament, crazy yeah. testament to how good that album is really Talk, thanks Te- very briefly Hippo Tractor is it a project is it a full on band it's is a full on band come? yeah 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 definitely have you something yeah. in the pipeline uh, also doing a, a lot of shows, actually. I think this is going to be the, the craziest year of my life so far. <laughs> um, because we've also got a really cool festival summer. Uh, we're playing Grass Pop, for instance, here in Belgium. It has the biggest metal festival in the country. Yeah. And Brutal Assault and um, Arc Tangent, again, second second year Chance. in a row. Yeah, brilliant. So, yeah, really one cool festival after another. And Jesus. it's crazy. Yeah, I can't believe... Uh, how what's happening it's <laughs> you must need to pinch yourself at times exactly exactly yeah you'll have to take a 12 month time off work do you do you need to take a year out i could uh but unfortunately is, is, is it available to you uh, uh the, the the minute music actually makes money i'll let you know <laughs> <laughs> Very good now look on that note we'll go into the three questions i gave you steph and there during the week i have three questions that i ask all my guests at the end just for a bit of fun sure if you could do a cover version Stefan, of any track past or present your own interpretation what would it be i want to do an acoustic cover of Ten Thousand days by tool oh very good nice car nice car yeah i secretly want to do no quarter by led zeppelin but tool already did it okay so i'll take a tool song <laughs> i was actually waiting for a led zeppelin song for me i was saying yeah. this, is, this is without doubt a led zeppelin answer but there you go yeah it's it's the best song in the world to me no quarter i the the live rendition with the whatever seven minute guitar solo yeah. was Oh, fuck. I know every note of that solo. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's my favorite song of all time. But Tool already covered it, so... Yeah, you can. You can. You can't do that. No, so, no. Actually, out of curiosity, do you go back... When you go jamming together, do you play a lot of old stuff? Do you, do you get together and jam out some old music? Just to warm up or just to, you know... 
We used to we used to do that a lot with uh, with Peter, our first drummer, because he was also um, a big seventies guy. Uh-huh. Uh, nowadays, it's it's been difficult to to rehearse a lot. So let's say that I, I'm looking forward to to doing some things like that soon because yeah. our drummer he uh, Harm he just uh, spent two years in Berlin. He lived okay. there temporarily for two years. So. And that also means that for every show and every rehearsal, he drove eight hours Jesus. and eight hours back home. <laughs> it was yeah. ridiculous. Okay, so dedication. We, okay. Yeah. So and now he's back in the Netherlands. So uh, okay. we're going to be rehearsing a lot more now. And yeah, great we'll, stuff. We'll great stuff. Second question, Stefan: If you if you could be a guest on stage for any band again, past or present, alive or dead, it doesn't matter. Who would you have loved to walk on stage with? <clears throat> Guests. So I'm playing with their band, right? Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that's really hard. Is it really hard because you're trying not to say Led Zeppelins? Yeah, true. <laughs> but they they don't need a fifth member. There, I would just mess up. Oh everything. no, but you'll be a guest. You'll be a guest on the stage. That's all. You'll be a guest. Oh yeah, yeah. Just to um, experience it. Yeah. No, actually, I I want to say Black Sabbath because okay. I've always wondered what those guys are like. I think they are some of the craziest, or, or were some of the craziest yeah. people ever. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say Black Sabbath. Great stuff. Great answer. A band to look out for this year. Is there someone you want to drop a name drop? A band that you are looking forward to hearing yourself? An album? I'm, hmm. I have to be careful with what I say because my favorite band in the country is the one that I believe in most at this point is uh, Potamus. And mm-hmm. I think they are going into the studio this year, but I have to be really careful not to spoil anything they don't want okay. me to say. Okay. So let's say that I, I think Potamus, whether it be this year or next year uh, with their next album are going to be huge. Yeah. And I also definitely believe a lot in Cobra the Impaler. Not sure if you know those no, guys. No, I don't. No, it's a new name to me now. Amazing, amazing. Very Mastodon-like sound, but really original. Cobra the Impaler. Okay. Um, amazing musicians. Yeah. I want to say Brilliant. those two bands. Yeah. Brilliant. And last question for you. What was the last album you listened to before you came on this evening? I was listening to Jose Gonzalez. Oh, nice. I, it. I was, yeah, I was uh, cooking dinner and <laughs> I like to listen to music like that when I'm cooking. Yeah, I like, I like a bit of Jose Gonzalez at times as well. Yeah. Nice and chilled. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Stefan, that's it, man. Thanks so much for all that and t- thanks for your time. Give my best to the band and thanks for such an incredible album. It is really, really incredible. And I can only wish you all the best for 2023, lads. I hope to see you maybe on tour somewhere along the way. So there you go. Thanks, Stefan. Cheers, man. You're very welcome, man. Thank you, Pat. You're a really fun interviewer, too. It's it's fun that you know so much uh, of what you're talking about. You actually really, really know us. (laughs) You know, this is the beauty of doing this at the moment because I'm getting through the bands who I enjoy listening to, which is Mm -hmm. great. It'll be a worry when I come to a band who I'm just bringing on for the sake of it. And I was yeah, 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 sure. But sure. for now, look, it's, it's great to speak to bands that, again, as I said, I'm a big fan of. There you go, guys. That is Stefan from Psychonaut. All I can say is check out their stuff, check out their music, buy their merchandise, and just support the band, please. That's it for now. I'll see you all again in two weeks' time. Thanks to Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast, who edits and produces the show, as always, and see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, guys.